The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your health care provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have you ever suffered from unstable hormones, joint pain, fatigue, have trouble falling asleep? Have you ever had problems with excess estrogen-deficient progesterone, unstable hormones, and then the depression, immune system problems? If you've ever had hormonal health problems and mood issues, today's your day because we're going to discuss hormones, health, and humor. In today's world, it's very common for people having all these tests to measure their hormones, trying to balance their hormones by taking all kinds of bioidentical hormones, but yet we still have, we're in a bad mood, we're not in a good sense of humor, we have immune system problems and so on. Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you how to use mind, body, and medical intuition to have stable hormones, happiness, and stamina. We're taking your calls, 816-251-3555, anywhere in the United States and Canada. But remember, unityonlineradio.org is live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. You can listen to this show and any of your favorite podcast providers. And just listen every, if you can't listen to the show on Wednesdays. So what is this show about? It's important to know that hormones hit many of the same areas of our brain and body that emotions do. That hormones just don't hit our breasts, our uterus, our ovaries, or in man, our testicles. They don't just have us feel sexy, alive, vibrant, and help us have fertility. Hormones put us in a good mood. And when we're not in a good mood, frequently our neurotransmitters and parts of our brain don't light up correctly. If you look at scans, the activity in the area that lights up when we have a sense of humor when we're laughing, that area lights up when we're in a good mood. And when you're in a bad mood, when you're depressed, the area for humor doesn't light up. So it makes sense that in addition to taking things like hormones, antidepressants, and so on, we may use humor to pump up our brain areas for mood, just like some people use hormones. There are times when we're not in a good mood, when we don't have a good sense of humor, up and down, we might get moody during puberty. When we get that kind of black cloud at times, when our estrogen and progesterone is going up for men, their testosterone goes up and down. However, during menopause and testopause, the same thing might happen. Why? Because an area in the frontal lobe, the top of our brain, hormones go up and down, up and down. And in the same area, there, they are the laughter areas, the humor areas. Humor 
pits is important for not just mood, it's important for communicating emotion. Before we even speak, babies communicate with their parents through laughter. And so do we. And so one of the ways in which we communicate with our partners, with our friends, is with humor, with laughter. And it's an important way of bonding. And when you are depressed and when you put yourself in a cave, sometimes not having a good sense of humor, not being able to laugh, further isolates you. And that kind of isolation can affect your immune system, can increase your chance toward pain and other kinds of health problems. In addition, there is an important part of humor that isn't just the same as hormonal. Laughing helps our body and brain become resistant to stress. Yes, a lot of people, when hormones go up and down, up and down, the change in serotonin may unleash pain. When we suddenly lose estrogen, as in taking tamoxifen for breast cancer, you might find that your pain gets worse. And many of us, when we go through menopause, we may get worse joint pain. Perhaps that's one of the reasons why joint problems, autoimmune pain problems is increased at midlife. <coughs> However, humor, laughter, actually doesn't just release anxiety and stress, and progesterone actually is important for anxiety, but it also was an important pain reliever because it releases opiates. Last but not least, estrogen and laughter hits the area in the brain for reward, dopamine. And that's also the area for opiates and pain. Many people this day are addicted to pain meds, opiates, but laughter and spirituality both hit that receptor for reward. So is that it? Is that we just laugh and we're all set? No. There are various areas for mindfulness that can regulate our mood when we can't take hormones. We can learn to release our own hormones in our body by movement. In mindfulness meditation, there's something called the half smile. By moving the muscles on half of your face, I'm pretty sure it's the left side because that controls the right brain. By just moving the muscles, it pumps up the brain underneath it. And those are actually the humor areas. When you move it, it somehow changes your brain and changes it biochemically to make your body and brain think you're in a good mood. So many people might get depressed at midlife and want to take estrogen and they might not be able to because they may have a familial risk factor for breast cancer, strokes, and so on. And you need to know that mindfulness, as well as a bunch of other herbs you might be able to take, hit the serotonin receptor, moving the muscles on the left side of your face can fool your brain, change the neurotransmitters, and improve your mood. There's a way that faking it until you make it, that's a way that it actually works. Another example of pumping up your brain that they use is melodic intonation therapy. By tapping your left hands on the desk and singing, you're actually pumping up your right brain and it improves its function. So you understand by a good hearty laugh, by watching old comedies that you used to watch, by going out with a friend and laughing, in many ways that supplements or augments, oh, I don't know, St. John's wort, or maybe if you do take bioidentical progesterone or estrogen and it's not helping, it helps pump up everything that you're taking. On another note, stand-up comics are known for having a history of depression. It does not surprise me 
that they use comedy. Why comedy? Because comedy isn't just for us laughing. It's having someone laugh with us. It's about empathy. There's an area in the brain for mirror neurons. And by watching someone laugh along with us, not at us, but along with us, it's a way of intuitively connecting. When their mood is elevated, our mood elevates. And that's a way of empathic, empathically connecting to someone. And their elevated mood helps elevate us. That Jerry Maguire movie, Help Me to Help You. That's hormones, healing, and humor. That's how we use intuition to change our hormones, heal us, and put us in a good mood. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. If you want to know more about the solutions to this show, you want to go to my Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa Two, and eventually there'll be all kinds of other social media, and there'll be Dr. Mona Lisa Three, Four, Five, Six, Seven. If you can't get on the stacks today and you want an individual reading, you want to go to my website, www.drmonalisa.com, drmonalisa.com, to get a private one or two hour reading. Where am I going to be next? Well, we know that this pandemic we're in is eventually going to go down. And every summer, I do an annual seven-day seven day training program in medical intuition. It teaches you how to heal mind, body, and soul with medical intuition. It's seven days. You'll learn 12 chakras. It's like around the world, medical intuition in seven days. You also learn how to do a reading knowing only someone's name and age. So if you want to know more about that, call call me at 207-846-6475 or go to www.drmonalisa.com. It's a certificate program. In addition, if you don't want to do that and you want to learn private with me, I have one-on-one -on -one educational sessions. They're very selective and they're very few. So you might want to consider doing that. But for either one, of those training programs, go to www.drmonalisa.com. If you were to look at your brain and body, and if you persistently had issues with hormones and medical intuition, that's second center and fourth center. Second center has to do with relationship. And this has to do with one-on-one -on -one relationship with a significant other. ridiculous hello who is this hello hi this is betsy i got cut off hi betsy how are you i don't know what happened oh how Mona Lisa. i, I found I you thank you so much how can i have I be been looking help? for you for weeks okay oh, you're very wonderful how can i be of help okay so on or about february 10th i began to develop some problems all confined to the right side of my body mostly my head so I had a preceptal cellulitis, right eye, followed by, after that was treated, followed by a sty, followed by a chalazion. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Preceptal cellulitis? Yes. This is what the diagnosis was in the ER to something I thought was just a nasty sty. But going. it turned out to be an infected what was called preceptal cellulitis. I don't claim to know exactly what that is. I figured you might know. Keep going. Uh, that healed up with a dose of um, antibiotics, which I fought because I don't care to take them, but it cleared up. And within about six weeks, I then developed what seemed to be your average sty. It eventually went away or turned into what was then diagnosed as a Chalazian, which I, I had. I know exactly what this okay. is going. So I had that surgically removed, no problem. You At had the same time, you had it, which is like a big sty. I mean, it's not a sty, but it's a blepharitis. It's a big blepharitis. But it's like the a blepharitis, <clears throat> which, by the way, then I developed blepharitis in both eyes. Anyway, so at the same time, I lose my hearing in my right ear, which to me feels like a cerumen 
buildup because I have a tendency to get that once or twice a year. I go to have the ear cleared out. This is during COVID, but that's how uncomfortable it was. And Doc says there's no there's no wax in there. Uh, this must be an allergic reaction. Well, I still cannot hear out of my right ear. So I saw her what a month ago, something like okay. this. Okay. Okay. Then me some, wait a minute. Okay. What else? Okay. One other thing happened after that. I want I want to tell you that. Uh, <laughs> The filling in my, I'm 65 okay, years old. Okay, never mind about the filling. Okay, first of all. Shingles, shingles on my right buttocks twice. I'll just okay. leave it at that. Every it's now up. Every mm -hmm. illness is always in part due to diet, genetics, the environment, and so on. But every illness is aggravated by something. And your problems are first center and medical intuition first center has to do with family or lack thereof making us feel safe and secure which you don't i see a situation in your life where there's a loss of someone in a family this person's mind is in the clouds i can't figure out if they left you you left them but whatever it is that was the person that liked to be in control and it's like they drifted off to be around this person you had to ignore your needs and focus on theirs run in lots of different directions and somehow you've left they've left you they've left your life who do you live with betsy i live alone i am divorced person? Who, yeah. who was the last person? When did you live with your person you divorced? I divorced him in 2007, and we are in contact pretty regularly as quote unquote friends. However, his needs are becoming quite draining on me at this point. Okay, if his needs, do you know what the definition of the word divorce means? <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> Look it up in the dictionary. Do you know what, what it means? What is Mona Lisa's definition? It's not my definition. It's Webster. Webster's definition means separation. To sever. How about to sever? Well, Ties. separation. 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 Okay. And we have lots of family. We have lots of friends. We have friends of family that we grew up with. We have kids. We have a work family. We have friends around us. We have spiritual groups, recreational groups, bridge, so on. But if we don't fill in the gap of the person that you use the word, the limb that we severed off, when you lose a leg, you get another leg. You get an artificial leg so that you don't wobble. Some people, when they get divorced, they don't get another limb. They don't try to replace that gap in their life with something else. So somehow that person still is in their life because that person fills in a place. And you obviously provide a support for him as if you were married and it feels like he's getting addled in a way that he needs you to provide wifely duties so you are acting as if you are married when you're not you are providing marital support but you're not getting support back all the things you're supposed to get when you're married so security financial and so on plus there's an expectation that you'll always be there even though you're divorced and it's almost like it feels like you can't say no and mm -hmm. it feels like this person doesn't have anybody else that they replaced you with nor have you what is physically or mentally wrong with this person or both 
they they need you so much yikes in a simple word is it health no I, no serious health issues no mental health issues that i know of he all i'm saying is that he needs he's you. 10 years younger than i uh, and i was always mommy and i'm okay, still mommy. it doesn't matter you're still mommy and this man is going to have need you till the cows come home and you that get is... something out of it so your immune system has got major problems we have bacteria that grows grow in our eyelashes and that bacteria when it overgrows it means third center adrenal gland is producing too much cortisol you have a mm. hyperactive responsibility gland it's like being mm. on steroids so you in effect that bacteria overgrows you get infections and that's blepharitis and then when it gets really bad it turns into that chalasma the right huh. center is the eyes and medical intuition that means what you don't want to see so you have to ask yourself and then the right side of the body is of course the male side and of course it's a man not a woman so the point is you are getting something out of this you need to be needed because it makes you feel lovable but it's going to make you put you in a grave why because we all have viruses to begin with that live in our body one of them is herpes zoster it lives in our spinal canal and when you get really immunocompromised your natural killer cells go down because of that cortisol because you're very responsible and taxed that virus comes out of your spinal cord and you get presto changeo you get shingles <laughs> that means that your natural killer cells aren't just not protecting you from virus anymore they won't protect you from cancers cancers that you're genetically predisposed to so what became first bacteria with the eyes then becomes virus and then well it would be a cancer if you don't stop this madness so you're going to run don't walk and you're going to go to a cognitive behavior therapist and you're going to say lady man sir save me from myself don't ask me for the symbolism on the right side of my face though i would love to hear it it's obvious don't ask me what the eye symbolically mean which is what i don't want to see because now i see it what was what's that phrase once i was blind and now i can see mm-hmm dare i period, tell you put a period on the end of the sentence yeah say goodbye good night because it's obvious that you're going to tell me you have kids together and they're young meaning they're in their 30s and 40s what was the last thing you're going to say to me no we we had no children we 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 lost every pregnancy we had this is this is a, a problem this is likely why I enjoy mothering him. So no children. I was going to tell you I'm a chi I'm a child psychologist, but that has nothing to do with anything. It yes, doesn't it mean it that plenty, I don't. It has it has plenty to do with it. Oh. Because you like children. I love children. Right. You're addicted to children. I am. No question. Thank you. So go to someone who knows stuff about addiction and compulsive behaviors and have them tell you, teach you how to stop it. It's a compulsion like trichotillomania pulling your hair. Right. A behavioral routine will help you. I know you know this. Just like eating too much chocolate, rescue addiction, or any kind of compulsion, connecting beanie babies can be unhealthy. Addiction and compulsion can be an end stage behavior. What I was going to ask is, is there any reason why I could not treat myself with CBT? I know it. Can I tell up you something? Down. Can I tell you something? Yeah. You know the answer to that. The answer is no. Okay. Why would you bother becoming a child psychologist if you don't tell just tell the kid do it yourself or teach the parents? Yeah. Say, you know what, yeah. you can do this with your kid. Why come to me? <laughs> Good luck. Okay. You take it easy. You don't discharge babies to breastfeed themselves. Healing occurs in partnership, and you right. get a divorce because you can't heal him. Back away from the baby. Good luck. Thank you, Mona Lisa. You're wonderful. Thank you so much for calling me. I, I don't. You understand that the shtick I do.
it's pot stand-up because I studied stand-up humor. I'm not <laughs> trying to be offensive. I'm trying to use a different tact. In fact, quite frankly, humor <laughs> as a different tact to help people because we're all just trying to be good people and trying to heal. And you know the therapeutic way. You know, you know the humor way. But you know that he's babyish. You like children. You're going to go to someone and say, help me back away from the baby. And there's, lots, from of this ways, okay. there's lots of ways of having children that aren't necessarily from your uterus. I have lots of kids. Number one, I adopt other kids. Kids. I'm a hell of an aunt. And number two, I have babies. They're called books. I also me have pets. <laughs> so, right. So, therefore, that's how you're going to do it. You don't necessarily have to come from your uterus. Good luck. You take it easy, okay? Take it easy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. So, when we come back, we're going to go to the rest of these calls. But coming up, we're going to talk about all the reasons why you can, you can use humor, in addition to herbs and hormonal remedies, to help with hormones, health, and humor. You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Welcome back. We're doing Healthy Living Intuitively, and today's show is dedicated to hormones, health, and humor. And we've learned that laughing and having someone laugh with us, not at us, but with us, releases some of the same chemicals in our body as having our hormones balanced. So if you're still taking bioidentical hormones or have been taking them and found they didn't work good enough, there are lots of ways of using humor, doing various forms of mindfulness to help with the symptoms of immune system problems, joint pain, sleep, that can help with humor. We will go to line two. Kayla, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hello? Yes, this is Kayla. Yes. How can I be of help? Um, lately, I have been experiencing muscle spasms or jerks. I'm not really sure what they are. Um, they get a lot worse at nighttime to the point where my significant other doesn't even want to sleep in the bed anymore because he thinks I keep him awake up. I keep him awake all night, basically levitating off the bed almost. He says he's worried that they could be seizures. What did you see about them? Um. How long have you had them, Kayla? Um, it's about a year, probably. How long have you gone out with them? Um, more than uh, four years. Well, it'll be five this year. The first thing you always do is go to a neurologist or doctor and have them look mm -hmm. it up. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Because you want to make sure... If your car started shaking like that, especially when you're driving it at night, when you pull it over and go to a <laughs> a motor a motor mechanic, right? Yeah. Well, you want to pull your car your body over to a doctor. Right. Make sure you know something is not wrong under the hood and in your brain. That's yeah, I did really have an appointment important. made, but with all this coronavirus stuff, it got postponed for now so okay it, it it only happens at night it happens throughout the day too but it's not as bad throughout the day it gets a lot worse at nighttime okay the first thing i see so you understand medical intuition doesn't diagnose you correct 
first thing I see is that in the past, there were events or events in your life where you were in a family that didn't feel safe and secure. I can't figure out if there was someone around growing up who was angry underneath the surface and acted like everything was okay, and then they would boil over. And they would say angry things and spout off. They definitely weren't the most kindest, nurturingest person. And you had a great capacity to see this individual and think, gee, they're wonderful. And the next thing you know, they boil over like a pot on the stove. I think your body, to survive, you learned to avoid this person's anger and love the part of them that was great. But your body keeps score. Mm -hmm. It's like a tape recorder. And later on in your life, when it gets reminded of even the slightest event that's similar, it triggers body memories, tapes, and okay. you start getting symptoms. Who was that person early in your life? My own mom. <laughs> your mother. That, when I say yes. definitely not the most nurturing person, I'm usually talking about a mother. Absolutely Tell not. me what <laughs> they were like. Tell me what she was like. She didn't even really raise me um, until I was seven. I was with my grandma until seven, and then I moved back in with her, and she was always at work pretty much, but we can't even be, uh, like, in the same room for five minutes without fighting. It turns into a big fight, and she throws out lots of things and things that a mother shouldn't say to her daughter, you know? So So she's (laughs) she's volatile. Right. And you'll never know when she's going to boil over. Oh, yeah, yep. So she's it's like walking stably, on eggshells around her. Right, walking on what eggshells. Was that? She's stably unstable. So it's one thing that if you knew that there was a dog that bit all the time, you can maneuver mm-hmm. your way around that dog because you know that dog bites, so you stay away. Right. It's another thing when someone says, you know, that's a nice dog. Every once in a while, you know, he snaps. But, you know, you never know when he's going to turn. That. Mm-hmm makes a person jumpy because they always have to be on edge. Right. Was there a particular time of the day that your mother got on edge? Um, no. It could be any time of the day. Okay. <laughs> I look at your head. I see increased susceptibility of having antibodies against your thyroid gland, antibodies that make it hard for you to have stable thyroid function. I wonder if the hair on your head tends to at times get thin. Oh, I'm like. (laughs) Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Okay. I said in places. That was a hint. I look at your heart. At times I wonder whether it feels like there's a pressure on your chest. Your heart skips a beat, adds a beat. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast. I wonder if your right shoulder, right chest wall, right shoulder blade, you injured it somehow. I can't figure out if you got in an accident, if you fell, if someone hurt you there, pulled your arm. It just feels like that hurts. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I wonder if you get an upset feeling in your stomach. I wonder if it's hard to swallow at times. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, uterus, left ovary, right ovary, and cervix, if you still have them. At times, I wonder whether you have pelvic pain and pain in your gynecological area. I see fatigue, dragginess, problems falling asleep and staying asleep. Tell me what the problem is with your hair. Um. It literally, I shed like so horrible. I shed like a dog. I have a bald spot actually starting in the back of my head now. (laughs) It's so thin. And I've tried everything and nothing seems to help. How tall are you? 5'2". How much do you weigh? 100 pounds. 
Would most people look at your life and think that you've had a traumatic life? Yes. You need to go see somebody because the trauma is recorded in your body. There's a book called The Body Keeps Score. It's by a guy named Vanderkoek. And especially kids, little kids, they used to call them disturbed. You're not disturbed. But the kid would be skittish. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you get an animal from the pounds. And just the slightest, you couldn't even raise your arm. Like you're raising your arm to swat a fly. And the mm -hmm. animal will cower. And you'll know that they were in a household before you where they got beat. Correct. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. And that's why I wonder why at night you shake. Shaking is a sign in your body of hypervigilance, of epinephrine from your adrenal gland, sympathetic nervous system. There was a guy named Porges, P-O-R-G-E-S. He talks about kids who have trauma earlier in their life. Their sympathetic, ner sympathetic nervous system and parasympathetic, the gas and the brake are on, the pedal is on all the time, all the way to the floor. And when you do that in a car, the gas and the brake are on, the car does donuts. In your body, you have the gas on of fear and terror that your body is racing. That's a tremor. And then, like a scared squirrel, you're like, stops. And that kind of terror, some stuff must have happened that you don't necessarily remember. And you don't. Like, I got run over by a truck. I don't need to remember mm -hmm. it to know that it happened because I have had fractures. Your life was obviously fractured. You say you weren't raised by your mother, you were raised by your grandmother. And that's interesting because it's not Correct. like, I can't, when you say that, it's like a child. You can't figure out if you lived, you, didn't say, you don't say you lived with your grandmother until your because you say your mother worked. Well, my mother worked too. I stayed at my grandmother's. And then my mother would pick me up and bring me home. You don't say that. Mm -hmm. You say it very differently. You say, I wasn't really raised by my mother until I was seven. So it's not clear in your adult mind who you lived with. You say, you explain it away by saying she worked. But some stuff happens that come out at night. And a night is a symbol of unconscious. And I can't figure out if it comes out because you feel safer with your boyfriend or he feels or he's remnants of your mother or you're getting close to having security with him that you may create a family with him and the terror of doing that because you don't know if you can be a mother, given that you didn't have one. Mm -hmm. Any one of them, you're going to have to have somebody both do something like EMDR, because otherwise you're more likely to have fertility problems. The fact that your hair is falling out doesn't feel more hormonal. Okay. You would have to be very obese, have problems with skin, insulin, ovarian cysts, they have like a polycystic ovary problem. And unless you had patches of hair fall out and had alopecia areata, that's an autoimmune problem. I actually almost wondered whether you pulled your hair out or twirled your hair. Some people do that. But your hair no. issue <laughs> feels like it's trauma. And you're going to have to get someone because it's going to make it harder for you to progress through your life. Do you understand, Kayla? Yeah, I do. What is your boyfriend like? Um, he's pretty, he's all right. He helps out around the house. Um, I work right now. He's not working. So he does a lot of the at-home stuff while I'm at work. So it's like opposite roles pretty much. Um, he helps out with the kids. We fight here and there. 
not very often. The fighting. Not you have to figure out if the fighting triggers you. Are you married? Okay. No. That's an issue. That's an issue. Because something okay. about the fact that you can't progress forward in your life. Do you understand? That mm -hmm. you don't have security. Was your mother married? Uh, yeah. Four or five times. <laughs> right. You understand? You need yes. to go somewhere to say this because the instability of your mother's life and your life growing up may mirror the instability and that's shakiness. Shaky is unstable. You okay. know, like earthquakes? Yeah. Earthquakes, we wait for, you know, it to get stable. Your mm -hmm. life has been a, a series of earthquakes and you want stability. You want somebody to count on. And you have right. to figure out how he gets a job, J-O-B job. But, but he sounds like a nice guy, but the fighting, you got to figure that out because that triggers okay. you. You take it easy, Kayla. Good luck. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to my show. We'll go to Eleanor. Line yes, this is Eleanor. Three. Eleanor, thank you so much. How can I be of help? Oh, Lord, in so many ways. But uh, starting with one, I have allergies and I have asthma. And with this pandemic, um, you know, I'm kind of housebound. And the problem is that, you know, I, I, what is helpful for me, both emotionally and physically, is to go out and walk, which I've been doing. Okay, I understand that completely. Okay, hold on a second, Ele Eleanor. I understand that completely. Listen. What? Allergies. Yes. Our first center and fourth in your case. Fourth wait has a minute. to do with wait, wait, fourth, wait. the medical intuition fourth center has to do with connection with other people. Emotional connection. Huh. Emotional connection makes us feel secure. Heart, lungs, lungs, lungs. And you can't get that right now. Because you can't connect. Your way of feeling safe and secure in the world is being out and about outside. When you go outside, you mix yourself with the various allergens, mold, pollen, but also other people's bacteria and, of course, viruses, non-coronavirus viruses. And it strengthens us. It's very well known that people who have allergies, a lot of allergies, one of the things they do to strengthen their system is to give them provocative normalization. Fascinating as that would be, they subject them to a series of things that they're allergic to, which is why mm. you like to go out. Similarly, people who are very intuitive and sensitive, not just to changes in hormones, but to people, people's anger, people's irritability, people's fear. The so-called very empathet empathic person. That's me. You t I know. That's why I'm talking to you about this, that you have to not just be provocative, normalize yourself by exposing yourself to allergens by going out. You also expose yourself to people. Their variety of feelings, fear, anger, sadness, danger, and so on. Mm -hmm. So part of you thinks that your problems are allergies, Missy. Miss Eleanor, mm -hmm. 66. But your problem is not just allergy. Your problems are fourth center. You're one big nurturer. You're connected to other people's suffering. And you're allergic to it. You don't feel safe and secure because they're not safe and secure. Hmm. Do you understand? You're not just intolerant to things that you're allergic to. You're intolerant to other people's suffering. That's very people true. Who How are do I highly allergic? It's like a phobia. One of the most common brain disorders is phobia. Mm hmm and the treatment for it is graded desensitization. You do this with allergies, which is why you go out. Gradually exposing yourself 
to small bits of what you're allergic to. So like you and I, I used to be steroid-dependent asthma. I go out and walk every day of the year, every day of the year. If I don't, if I miss three days in a row, out comes the inhaler, <laughs> the steroid, <laughs> the whole thing. God. But similarly, mm. once the pandemic came, I did something very interesting. I stopped putting the TV on in the morning, and all of a sudden, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to listen to my just my music. Mm-hmm. So we had Stevie Wonder festivals, and we had Dionne Warwick, and we had Whitney Houston, and I noticed my mood was getting worse. I huh. was getting worse. Yeah, you know why? Why? I was avoiding the TV. I was avoiding watching people and hearing about coronavirus. Oh, that's odd. No, it's not odd. It was avoidance. And avoidance is what people do when they're anxious and phobic. They avoid Mm. what they're nervous about. They Mm. say, I could, but I'd rather not. Mm. I knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I knew exactly what I was doing. Until a friend of mine, Laura Day, said, you know what? You need people. Now, you know, it's not like we're going to go to the mall, hold hands and sing Kumbaya. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But the way that people are interacting is, you know, the Today Show, you got to hold a copy and all these other people and they, they have, you know, the teacher of today and they got the guy there who's the preschool with all the kids saying all the vocabulary words. And next thing you know, they're crying and you're crying and we're all crying. It's like just like the studies of the co- comics. They get you to laugh, I laugh, and their depression or anger goes away. Humor heals hormones. It catches. And you can't avoid people. But right now, we can't be next to people. We have to do this thing called social distancing. I wish I never hear it again. However, Mm -hmm. the quote (laughs) Barbara Streisand, people, and she was socially, and she is socially phobic, people who need people are the luckiest people. Mm. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, your allergy is empathy. You feel so. You have to do graded exposure. You can go out for short bursts of time. And you're going to expose yourself a little bit at a time to people suffering. And then you're going to use one of the steps. Yeah, one of the 12 steps, because you can do a step for alcohol addiction but you can also do a step for rescuing addiction. And anybody mm-hmm. who's intuitive is a rescue addict because if you get the message, the email message that someone's suffering, you get anxious until you do something, anything, because if they continue to suffer or die, God forbid, you feel mm-hmm. guilty because it was your fault. Well, you have to admit they've got a higher power and you ain't it, right? True. Right. So yeah, I agree. Agree. You're gonna, I know you do, you're gonna, but you can say I agree, but you're going to practice it with your body so your white cells, the allergy ones that freak out, are going to agree. So you're going to expose yourself just like you expose yourself allergically with pollen and so on a certain amount of time a day. You're going to expose yourself intuitively and empathically to people on the news because when you avoid them, they're suffering you also eliminate the uplifting and the joy. By avoiding nature and what you're allergic to, you don't get to see the bees and the flowers and the kids beating the crap out of each other. No, the kids laughing. <laughs> you know no, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I saw a, a fat little uh, groundhog running across the path the other day. It was adorable. Right. My but point the, is- question, the, the question for you is that, that you know, you're saying go out, I am going out, but when when I come back, it's like the breathing becomes more difficult. Right. You know what I, I mean? I understand that because, and then you keep doing it more and more. I understand. If you listen to me, I'm raspy. I had to yeah, stick right. to my book mm-hmm. called Mystical Molecules. Mm-hmm. I hate to sound insensitive. So you're raspy. So your breathing is difficult. Unless you have steroid-dependent asthma and you have that lethal level, mm-hmm. it's transient. Oh, it thank just God. means it's changing. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. 
But if it gets really difficult to breathe, you got to go in and call before you go in so they can, you know, protect you. No, it's it's not that. My dilemma is if, if you know, I can't open my windows because I don't want the, the pollen coming in. And, and, like, I like the fresh air. And then I go out and I get so, the... Wait a minute. You just made the point. I can't open my windows because I don't want the pollen to come in. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I don't want to be sick. I've been sick and I'm tired of being sick. And I tell you, listen to me. A little bit. If you're allergic to wheat, I avoid wheat. Okay? Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, I dip a fingernail in it. Mm-hmm. There's, that's what they call provocative normalization. They subject you to it. They, and they give pills now, like a little teeny bit of peanut. The kids are allergic to peanuts. Hmm. You do it with a specialist. They train your white cells for tolerance. Well, I did try the shots when I was younger, and it, they didn't work. I used to get awful migraines, and I had Can to I stop. I tell you, how, you know what? How long ago was that? 90,000 years? It was probably when I was in my 20s. <laughs> right. And how old are you now? That was 40 years ago. So you know what? You tried peas once at a dinner party at a bar mitzvah when you were 20. They didn't mm-hmm. work for you. They gave you a headache. So never again are you ever going to try another pea. Good point. Do you get it? I do, but, you know, I'm tired of being sick. Yet. You're going to yet. Hey, I'm tired of being sick. The thing is, <laughs> you're throwing out the good with the bad. A little pollen's not going to kill you, so you're a little sick. You'll mm. get you'll build up tolerance to it. Okay. Do you understand? I I do I do I understand you what say, you're saying. Can I tell you? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I want you to understand this. Nature. There's good stuff out there, including the people with it, right? And the groundhogs mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I want you to understand. At least, unless you have Life-threatening, life-threatening asthma. And even Mm -hmm. then, you would suggest the shots. Hmm. Provocative normalization is healthier for you than avoidance. Okay. Because you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. You're assuming that no pollen is getting in your house. Not a little bit of pollen, none. Because you're, (laughs) I want you to know, I am now sanding this floor that I've been painting for like since 1892. And I seal those doors. And guess what? The sawdust is still coming all over the house. So you've pollen coming in. You just don't realize it. I want to thank Mm. you for welcoming your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.